Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now, prepare your heart for a message from God's Word. So this week, I've titled the message, Act Your Wage, okay? Act Your Wage. Look at your neighbor real quick. Say, Act Your Wage. Come on, say it like you mean it. You don't get to do this very often. You can look at your wife, maybe, or your spouse, your husband, and say, act your wage. You know, we need to get this right. Because here is the old rule. Back in the day, right, if you, this was the old rule, and it's changed now. If you didn't have the money, guess what? You couldn't buy it, right? That's how it worked. If you didn't have the money, if you didn't have cash to go and pay something, you couldn't buy it. Before the Great Depression, okay, so we're, we're going way back, only 2% of the homes in America had a mortgage against them. Before the Great Depression, only 2% of the homes in America had a mortgage against them. 40 years later, so 40 years following the Great Depression, only 2% did not have a mortgage against them. That's the flip. That was the, the old school mindset. If Look, if you don't have the money, you're not buying it. If you couldn't trade something or barter something or whatever it was... You weren't going to be able to get it. Well, now, obviously, with American Express and Visa and MasterCard, you know, they, they, they give you a limit to where you can buy a lot of stuff without having the money to actually purchase it. And I think a lot of that has come from just the different mindset that we have now that most people, they, they're 23, they get out of college, and they have this entitlement mentality that says, I deserve to live the same lifestyle that my parents are living right now. They get out of college, like, hey, I, my parents got a nice car. I should be able to have a nice car. My parents get to go on vacation. My parents got a nice house. My parents have this stuff. And we get this entitled mentality that say, you know what, I want it now, and so I'm going to go into debt to get it because, you know, I'm really smart, and I got my degree. And so in just a few years, you know, I'll be making really good money, and I'll be able to pay off all these purchases. How many of you can remember kind of having that mindset or to where we think that we need it now. So we want the same house, cars, vacations, all that thing. Say, I'm going to go into debt to get it. Proverbs 13, 7 says this, is that one man pretends to be rich yet has nothing, which means we live like we're rich, but we're not. We buy things that we really can't afford, and you've heard that before, to impress people that we really don't even like. Because of the culture that we live in and, and the, the mindset that it's giving us. And so we have some groups of people. We have the haves. So people who actually have money and, and manage it and steward it well. Then you have the have-nots. who they just, they just don't have money. They don't have a lot of stuff. Then you have those who have and haven't paid for it yet. The haves and, and got a lot of stuff that, that they don't have. And so they're strapped. They're strapped financially, they're strapped, uh, there's tension in their relationships, they're, they're stuck at a job that they don't even enjoy because if they, if they take a risk to go to this other company or to make this move that, that there, there, there could be a possibility that they couldn't pay the bills the way that they want to. They're, they're strapped and God doesn't want us to live that way. And I believe that it's the number one thing that the devil uses to break up marriages. Obviously, we know that. And he uses to control your life. He holds on to those straps. And you may go, man, I really want to really be generous. I really want to give. I really want to be able to do the things that God has put in my heart. But the devil goes, uh-uh, not so fast. Remember that car that you got that's $400 a month at 12% interest because your credit wasn't so great? Right? 
So we're strapped. We can't do what we want. So if we're really going to be able to pursue and do the things that God wants us to do, we have to learn to act our wage. And so to act our wage, we have to embrace some biblical values today. So we're going to talk about three values that if we can embrace, that we can apply these things, very practical again, that you can begin to go through step by step to really see God begin to take strap after strap off to where you can completely be debt free. Again, someone came up to me last week and said it took us eight months. She goes, we're still living on the envelope system. She goes, my husband, every time I go to the grocery store, you got your envelope, and what the envelope system is is that you put enough, you, so you budget $800 a month for groceries, you put that in the envelope system, and once the 800 is gone, guess what? You're eating whatever's in the pantry, right? She goes, we still live that way, and she goes, it's very challenging for me. She goes, but we're free. We can do what we want. So to embrace these values, the first one that we need to embrace is the value of self-control. Self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Back in the biblical days, a a, a solid city, a a foundation, they would build a wall around the city. It was a defense system. It was to keep them from the attacks of people who would try to come and take their city from them. So they would build these huge walls. And so he's saying that like someone who doesn't lack, who lacks self-control is like a city whose walls have been broken down. It means you're vulnerable and defenseless. And so we have to make sure that we embrace the value of self-control, especially when it comes to our finances, so we're not vulnerable, so we're not defenseless, so we can do and pursue what God wants us to do. You know, when Riley turned three a few months back, I took her to the store, just me and her, and we were going through uh, the, the store aisle at Toys R Us or whichever, you know, Babies R Us, Toys R Us. So we're going through, right? And I told Riley she loved Sophia. And so I was like, hey, you can pick out, you know, your Sophia thing. You know, which Sophia thing do you want? Here's kind of what we do. So she picked out the one she wanted. But how many of you know we had to pass a few more things before we got out to the register? And how many of you know a three-year-old doesn't really understand? You can't reason very well with them that, hey, this is the only thing that you get today. You know, there's nothing else. And so have you... You guys are looking at me like you haven't been there before, right? You've been there before, and so your kid goes, but I want it, right? And they throw a tantrum fit, and they start to cry, and so then you begin to negotiate, and you go, well, you can't have that, but, well, maybe I could throw this into the, you know, will you stop? Will you quit embarrassing me? Or maybe you're a better parent than me, and you wheel them over to the bathroom and go through your steps of discipline with them, but I usually begin to barter and negotiate, and okay, let's just get out of this place before, you know, and this is the last time I'm taking you out without your mother again. Uh, because when that happens, I just go, oh, you know, I'm going to take Maddox over here. He seems, I think he smells, you know, I, I remove myself from the scene. I don't want to be associated with that. But Riley's like, I want it now. And, but some of us in, in our culture, it's, it's the same way in our 20s and in our 30s and in our 40s. And, but the price tag is just a lot bigger. And someone has loaned us uh, or given us a card that, that gives us the ability to purchase things that we surely shouldn't get. And And we kind of have that mindset and that tantrum of what it is. And I think women and men are different when it comes to this. You know, the men, women will kind of, and if if you're anything like my wife, it's kind of like the nickel and dime you to death kind of thing. It's not these massive purchases. It's, you know, I I got my hair done and it's a new color. And so I need a new belt to go with my new hairdo. And then I need new shoes to go with my belt. And then that one purse that I have doesn't really match at all anymore. And so I need a new purse. And so one haircut that was like 150 bucks probably with a color, you know, now acquired a belt, a purse, you know, shoes, all right? Yeah, you're there with me. And so all of a sudden it's like this small little boom, you know, boom, here's $400 later, you know, hey, I got a new outfit and, and 
now my hair is complete, you know. And that's kind of the women nickel and dime a little bit. Men, it's the, the, they kill you all at once, you know. It's like, hey, honey, I got a new truck, and that's my new boat behind it too. Isn't it awesome? We're going to have a great summer, you know. Or I got this awesome timeshare that we have, and we only have to go to like eight seminars a year to get it for free. It's going to be incredible, you know. And we do these things, and we, we make these big purchases. And so for us to, to really get out of debt, we have to learn the value of self-control. You have to learn to say no. I know Jess is her, her nickel and dime thing that even when we first got married that would just blow my mind was makeup. You know, I'm like, that powder costs $35? Walmart has the same stuff for like five bucks, you know? What's the difference? Well, it dries my face out. You know, it's just not the... I'm like, are you serious? You know, and it's, it was makeup. And every time, you know, she would go to Sephora, it was like, man, that place is like the money pit. It was just, money would just be gone and she'd come home with makeup. And so we, she had to learn the value of self-control and learn to say no. Or it was the little kids in our church that would come up and try to sell her stuff. Can I just say that right now? Don't try to sell me anything at this church. You know, maybe I'm not, you know, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say it like that. You know, but here's the deal. There's too many little kids that are selling stuff. I can't buy it from everyone. So it's like, I don't want to show favoritism to anyone else. But Jess, you can't say no, you know. It's like, yeah, we, got, we still have frozen cookie dough in our freezer right now from like a year ago that she bought off of a kid. And, and so she had to learn the value of saying no there. For me, my kryptonite is shoes. I, have a, I love shoes. I have way too many shoes. You know, and it's like, just because they're on sale, I'm like, well, that's a great deal. Those are 50% off. And Jess is like, you have two pairs that look just like that. I'm like, no, they're a little bit different. This will look better. And so that's my thing. So I have to learn to say no. And so we're going to practice it a little bit, okay? If you want to go out and buy something that you really don't need, you need to say Come on, you really got to, if you want to get out of debt, you got to get serious today. If you want to get out of debt, you have to learn to say no. Learn to say no. Embrace the value of self-control. It's up to you. Dave Ramsey says that 80% is, of getting out of debt is, is all behavior. That's it. It's all behavior. It's not a, 20% comes to, to income and budgeting and those things. All the rest of it just comes to behavior. It's controlling yourself because here's what we have to realize is that needs differ from wants. Needs differ from wants. Just because you want it doesn't mean you need it. But because of the culture, because of the mindset that we can easily adapt because it's all around us, and we think, well, I need it. I can, I can actually purchase it. Maybe I go into more debt to do it. And maybe for some of you, it's even, I, you know, I don't even have debt, but I, I do buy things often that I don't need that I could use that money somewhere else. So let's think about it. Ladies, do you really need, need, okay. Remember, the word need versus wants. Do you really need to get your nails done every week? No. All right, we're going we're gonna to practice. Okay, I'm asking you a question. You're going to respond with the word no because we're embracing the value of self-control this morning. So ladies, do you really need to get your nails done every week? No, some of you are like, no, no. You know, and I'll just tell you this. Guys don't really care, you know, for the single ladies out there. You know, they're not walking around the mall going, man, look at the nails on that chick. You know, wow. You know, we don't care about that stuff. So embrace the value. Say, no, guys, do we really need to play golf twice a month? Yeah, I heard a few yeses. I knew that was coming. No, we don't. We want to, but we don't need to. Go to the driving range, 
Save 40 bucks, get your game a little bit better, so then the time you go play the next time, you'll be a little bit better. Embrace the value of self-control. Do we really need a $4 cup of Starbucks to live every day? I'm going to get some yeses here, I know that. No, we don't need that. You want it, but you don't need to make that drive-through through Tim Hortons and Starbucks every morning. Think about that. If you do that five days a week, four bucks a, a, a pop, five bucks a pop, let's just say 20 to 25 bucks a week on Starbucks. So let's just round that. So that's, uh, what, 100 bucks a month that you could apply to debt somewhere else if you could just get used to little Folgers in your cup, right? <laughs> Embracing the value of self-control. Does your 12-year-old really need a new iPhone 5S? No. Absolutely not. I feel bad for Riley, you know. They'll probably have, like, floating cell phones by the time, you know, they just follow you around. You just, you know, who knows in the future, but I guarantee you she will not have it. We don't, they don't really need that. They don't need the new iPod, you know, when the new, you know, feature. Apple's very strategic when they time things and when they launch new products, you know. My iPad two works just as good as the, what do they got now, like a six maybe? I don't know how far it's up to. But, but it works just as good. It does the same thing. I actually have the same operating system on as the new ones does. So we don't need those things. We don't need a new hot tub. We don't need a new in-ground pool. We don't need all these things, but we want them. And if you want to get serious about getting out of debt, you have to embrace the value of self-control. You have to learn to say no. Teach yourself, no, I'm not going to do it. Set up boundaries. No, I'm not going to do this. If we can learn to say no for a little while, then you can say yes for the rest of your life. Embrace a season, five years, six years. Say no for five years so your wife can stay home until your kids get in school. Embrace the value of self-control so you can live the way that you want when the future comes. You'll be free. You'll be unstrapped. We live like no one else now so we can live like no one else in the future. Again, we talked about last week, people who live like this, they're kind of weird, right? They're just different, but they're free. They can do and pursue what God wants them to do with their life. So we have to embrace the value of self-control. The second thing that we need to do is we need to embrace the value of sacrifice. Sacrifice. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus embraced sacrifice like no one we'd ever seen before and like no one will ever do in the future. He went to the cross. He suffered a criminal's death and a crucifixion in the worst way that you could possibly die, that he did that. And it said, how did he do that? How did Jesus embrace that sacrifice? It says that he was willing to do that. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. So what did he do? Jesus had to see beyond the cross in order to get on the cross, to embrace the value of sacrifice, he had to know that three days later, God's going to raise me from the dead, then I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to sit at his right hand forever, and I'm going to set mankind free so that they can be free to do and pursue the things that I want. We have to embrace the value of sacrifice just like Jesus. So we have to get a big, big, big picture mindset. We have to delay gratification now so that we can enjoy the things that we want to do in the future. And if we can just embrace that value for a little bit of time, giving up something we love for something we love even more. Giving up something we love now that we would want now for something that we love anymore. 
today, I'm, throughout this series, I'm going to try to be as transparent with you as possible when it comes to Jess and I and, and our lives and how, and how we try to handle our money. And again, I'm not perfect. I'm just like you. I have my own struggles and I have my own temptations and things that can easily pull my attention away from the plan that God has for me. But for Jess and I, and again, I'm not, I'm not sharing any of these things either with you to make you feel sorry for us and in, in the sacrifices that we've had to make in, in our ministry and in our family because they, they pale in comparison to those who have made sacrifices before us. And We've talked a little last week, again, about how God isn't a respecter of persons and that the poor people in our country are rich in most of the world because of the, the blessing we have to live in our country. And so my sacrifice isn't great compared to those who've gone before me, but, but this is something that I have to continually fight as a church planner, the value of sacrifice, especially planting in the community that we've planted in, in this area. It's a, it's a, people have money in this area. They have nice things in this area. And so I've had to really learn how to embrace this value of sacrifice, to sacrifice now so that in the future, uh, I'm, I'm sacrificing what I love, some things I love now, so that in the future, I can do what I love even more. And we've had to continually do that and, and, and fight that. And, and, and in order for us to plant this church, we had to take a significant setback in our finances and our pay and, and, and take some pay cuts and to do those things. And again... It, it, we're living fine. We, we have a nice home, and God has blessed us. We have two vehicles that work well. You know, God has been very good to us, but we've had to, I have to continually keep that mindset to say, you know what, this church is worth it. I love this more than I love driving a brand new car, and I, I love this more than staying in the house that I had in, in Oklahoma and, and moving, selling and moving back here and, and taking sacrifices and renting. I love this more then I love those things. And so I have to learn and continually say, God, this is worth it because every week we're growing and lives are being changed and people are, are accepting Christ. and It's worth it. I'm giving up some things now, but it, it doesn't even matter because what's going to happen in the future is far greater than any sacrifice that I could make. And again, I'm blessed. God is taking care of us. And I'm going to share a little bit more in the weeks to come how God has blessed Jess and I financially as we've been faithful to him and, and have given ourselves fully to him. But we have to learn to embrace the value of sacrifice. So maybe it's something like this, giving up cable TV for a season. If you go, hey, I really want to get out of debt. I'm going to give up some cable TV and, and maybe I'm going to have a debt-free Christmas because if I give up cable TV right now, I could have a debt-free Christmas come December. Embracing the value of sacrifice. Maybe you stay in a small house so that your wife or can't stay home with two kids. And you embrace that sacrifice and say, we're going to sacrifice now to do what I love so I can do what I want later. You know, maybe you're in college and you say, you know what, I'm going to live with two roommates, three roommates, and, and, and sacrifice. And that's a sacrifice, man, if you've ever uh, been there before. But you say, you know what, I'm going I'm to embrace this sacrifice so I can graduate with less debt with less student loans to pay off, giving up eating out lunch, brown bagging it for a while. Crazy statistic, it'll blow your mind. If you, for the, for the average career, which is I believe they didn't have a, a number there, I would say it's probably around 35 or 40 years. They say, so over the, the course of an average career, if you will brown bag it, if you will brown bag it, not go out to eat lunch, they say after the lifetime of a career that you could have $112,000 crazy to think, man, if I, if I just sacrifice now, and if you invest that wisely, it, it would be a lot more. Giving up what we love now so we can do what we love later. So we need to be smart. When you, when you go to purchase something, 
And I've learned this the hard way. You know, you don't need to just ask, how much will this cost me a month? Because that's what we do. You go to a car dealer, they don't tell you the, the end price, right? They're going, hey, oh yeah, I, well, what's your budget? What's your budget? Um, oh yeah, I can get you this for 400 a month. Well, what's the interest rate? How many months? Those are the questions that we need to be asking, making sure, you know, what is the real cost of this? Because we talked about last week that the average person carrying credit card debt, the average, so there's, there's some less, some more, is $14,517 in America. The average person has that much on credit card debt at, at very high interest rates. And so, so if we invest that, or if we were to pay that, the, the minimum payment on that, on $14,500, is $217 a month. And so the average interest rate, they say, is somewhere around 18%. So if you pay $217 a month on $14,517 at 18%, it will take you 40 years to pay that off. 40 years to get out of debt, totaling $104,000, 606 it's insane, right? You can look at those numbers and go, who would do that? Lots of people do that because they can't embrace the value of self-control. They, they got to have the car. They got to have those things. Here's the opposite side of that. If you invest the $14,517, so if you took that debt, if you were able to take the debt and invest it at, at the average rate of 12% for 40 years, you would have $1.3 million. That's a, that's a decent retirement. And if you invest the, the fourteen five and add the $217 that you'd be paying per month at 12% over 40 years, you would have $3.5 million. Embracing the value of sacrifice, giving up things now, living like no one else now so that you can live like no one else in the future. To have $3.5 million when you retire would be a pretty good chunk of change, right? Life would be pretty good to do that. So you give up something you love for something you love more. Think of the difference you could make with three and a half million dollars. 14,000 now, the 200 a month, embracing the value of sacrifice. We can get out of strap. We can get unstrapped. We can get out of debt. 80% behavior. The numbers add up. They show you that it's possible. So we've got to embrace the, embrace the value of self-control, embrace the value of planning the last uh, I'm sorry, embrace the value of sacrifice, and the last value is that you need to embrace the value of planning. Plan. How many of you are planners in the room, right? You're like me. You're like, everything's planned. I got a calendar. It's laid out. You know, we live and die by this thing. It's written on the fridge. We got a whole wall in our living room that we painted with that black, you know, uh, chalkboard stuff, and I, you know, it's all laid out. You know, you can't miss our plans. It's, it's, it's ready for us, and so we need to do that. Abraham Lincoln said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, especially when it comes to the area of money. Luke 14, 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Let's say today it's, it's a home. We want to build a home. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Embrace the value of planning. Proverbs 21, 5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Planning out your financial life. Dave Ramsey says, you can wander into debt, but you cannot wander out of it. Because we fail to plan. We don't look at it. So what's the first thing you need to do? And, and looking at Dave Ramsey's stuff, some very practical stuff this morning, is you need to create a budget. Create a budget. And the first thing I would say is this, is that you need to decide 
what percentage of your income you want to live off of. When I do premarital counseling, when we talk about money, that's what we talk about. They go, oh yeah, we have a budget, we make this much, and it's all out. No, you need to make a decision to say, we're going to embrace the value of sacrifice, we're going to embrace the value of self-control, we're going to save and plan and be ready for things, and so what percentage are you going to live off of? I would say that a good percentage, depending on what season of life you're in, a goal that you should have would be like 80%. Live off about 80% of your income. Making those sacrifices and able to do that. That way we can give 10% to the Lord. We bring the tithe to Him. We're going to talk more about that in the future. You can save 10% of your money, invest 10% of your money. Next week we're going to talk about practical ways to, to allow your money to make money for you, to get out of debt, to do those things. So you need to create a budget. Then what do you do? So to create a budget, you list your set expenses, the very set things that you have, whether it's a house payment, your car, your utilities, your insurance, gas, phone. Say, hey, these are set. They don't really fluctuate very much throughout the month. So then you take that percentage that you decide, you, you relegate it to whatever things you're over here. So this is going to get this chunk of our money. Then what you do is you list your discretionary expenses. What's discretionary? Food, grocery, entertainment, shopping, all the, the, the luxuries, those kind of things. Well, food, I guess, really isn't a luxury. But, but you can still discretionary say, hey, we're going to spend this much on food. We're going to stick to this budget-wise. So then what do you have to do? Then you have to operate according to your budget. 80% discipline. 20% laying it out, figuring it all out. 80% means adjusting your behavior so you can get unstrapped. There's a cool website. You, could, you should jot this down. It's called mint.com, M-I-N-T. Dot com. We use this. It, uh, you can, it's, a, it's an online thing, very secure, safe. I've been using it for a few years now. I have no problems with it. And you can, you can tie in your bank account, your credit cards, everything that you use for expenses that you use to purchase things. And, it will, and then you can set your budget in there. So every time, it takes about a month or two to kind of get it all worked out, where if you swipe at get-go over here, it's going to know that it's going to pull that from your gas budget. If you swipe over at the shopping mall and at the grocery store, it's Walmart, it's going to take it out of there. So very practical steps that you can take, and it tracks it all for you. You don't have to go in and enter in all your different purchases into some Excel document. You know, you can get with the, the 21st century here and begin to, you know, use these tools that are available. It has an app that's right on my phone, you know what I mean? So I can pull it out, I can look at my account, see exactly where our budget is, and I can call Jess and tell her not to spend any more money at the grocery store. That was supposed to be funny, but you guys were. Some of you are glad. You're like, I'm glad I don't live with that guy. Just doesn't have it that easy. But, we, but we're trying our very best. And again, we're not always perfect here. There's times where we go over and we have to take money from somewhere else in our budget to, to make up for where we spent somewhere else. We're not always perfect. There's a little thing here I would say if you can apply some of these steps right here too, it will help you in making haste decisions. Again, because planning, the diligent planning leads to riches. Haste decisions lead to poverty when it comes to our, our, our finances. So if it's under, you need to, what you need to do is pray before you pay. Pray before you pay. So if you are spending something, if it's under $100, pray for one day. One day. God, do I need this? Do I, do I want this or do I need this? Pray for one day. I promise you, if you can do this, it'll, it'll, it'll change the way you think. You won't make haste decisions. $100 to $1,000 take a week. Can I wait for a week to make this big purchase? Do I need this new, you know, do we need a new dryer right away? Do we need this new thing? You know, take a week to pray about that. Over $1,000, pray for a month. Some of you are like, that's just crazy. How crazy you got to be to get out of debt. 
If you want a drastic change in your life to get unstrapped, you're going to have to make drastic changes. You can't operate the way that you have and, cont- and get out of debt and do the things that you want to do. So what are some get out of debt baby steps this morning? What are some things you can do? And these are Dave Ramsey steps, and I would encourage you to, to look into some of his stuff if you really uh, want to embrace some of these things. The first thing you need to do is save $1,000 for emergencies. You should have at least $1,000 saved up for emergencies. Make that decision. Do whatever you got to do to it. Sell some stuff, you know, because guess what? The, the washer is going to go out. It's going to break. The car is going to need new tires. You're going to blow a, a tire. It's, something's going to happen. You're going to need some money every once in a while to take care of things. Some kid's going to throw uh, a ball through your window or break your lamp. That, that's what happens in my house. You know, those kind of things where we need to fix it. We need to do that stuff. You know, sell stuff, get a second job, eat ramen noodles, you know, start couponing, whatever you got to do, but get $1,000 in the bank for emergencies. You need to get that. The second thing that he says that you need to do is you need to do the debt snowball. Do the debt snowball. Instead of me explaining this, I thought that we would show a quick clip from Dave Ramsey's stuff, allow him to explain what this debt snowball means. Take a look at the screen. Once you've got $1,000 in your starter emergency fund, now it's time to get rid of your debt. The way we attack the debt, we call it the debt snowball. This will take a truckload of effort. you got to get intense. Personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. The debt snowball is designed to modify your behavior with money. Being a certified nerd, I used to start with making the math work. I've learned that the math does not need to work as much as you got to have the motivation. Motivation's more important than math. This is one of those times. In the debt snowball method, what you do is you list all your debts, smallest to largest. You pay minimum payments on everything but the little one, and you attack the little one with a vengeance. This is the way you got to do it. Hey, listen, even those loans from mom and dad or medical debts that have zero interest, I don't care if there's any interest. you got to get out of debt. And what we're going to do is knock out the smallest one. Because when you knock out that smallest one, you have this sense of, hey, I won. I knocked it out. I'm killing it. And that's what you got to have. you got to get fired up. And so when you knock off the little one, it's kind of like going on a diet and losing weight. So again, with the debt snowball, what we're going to do is we're going to list the debts, smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate, squeeze every dollar out of your budget. You're not saving money anywhere. And you just attack, 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 attack on that smallest debt. When that smallest debt is gone, then you take all the money you can find from anywhere else in your budget, including the payment you used to pay on number one. The snowball rolls over again. It picks up more snow and you attack number two. And you just go right down the list like that. Now, now, why don't we go highest interest rate to uh, smallest interest rate, Dave? That'd be mathematically correct. Darling, if we were doing math, you wouldn't have credit card debt. So think, 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 think. This is modifying behavior. This is about the deal where you absolutely have to control and modify your behavior. That's the deal. You've got to get fired up. And when you get the first one, you'll get excited. When you knock off the second one, you'll get a little bit more excited. By the time you've knocked off four or five, you're going to get so intense, you're going to have such blinders on that you're going to have the emotional passion to change your family tree. This stuff works. Pay off everything but your house in baby step two using the debt snowball. It's awesome, right? Very, very, very practical, but takes a lot, a lot, a lot of motivation and hard work to say, you know what, I want to change my life. I want to get unstrapped. There's practical, very, very practical. Again, last week, their first time here came up to me and said, we applied these principles, what, what you just saw right there. We applied these things. Eight months, we were completely out of debt. It's crazy to think that you could be unstrapped, that you could be living free, doing and pursuing the will of God for your life without the tension, without 
the, the fighting, without the, the, the relationship stuff that's going on to say, you know what, we're free of this debt to do and pursue what God wants to do. The band's going to come. We're going to close out today. And, you know, Proverbs 6.5 says this. It says, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. To free yourself. To be able to do what God wants you to do. And here's what you got to get like. You can't care what anyone else thinks about your life. You can't care anymore. You're not going to be able to do the same things that you always did if you really want to get out of debt. If you really want to embrace the value of self-control, the value of sacrifice, the value of planning, you're going to have to live like no one else so you can live like no one else. You say, Kyle, why are we taking so much time to talk about money? Why are we taking so much time to, to walk through these practical steps? Shouldn't we be talking a little bit more about, about prayer and faith and you know, those kind of things? And, and we talk about that plenty. And, and, and it's, a, it's a strong value we have at our church. But I want to see our church live free. I want to see our church be the most generous church in our community where our people give and our people serve and as a church, we can give away. We already give away as a church plant. 5% of everything comes in, we give right back out. And even more of that is going out now. We're working our way to 10%, where 10% of everything that comes in is, is immediately going right back out the door to help other ministries and other people who need help because we want to be a church that's generous. But we can't be generous. Again, most people aren't stingy. You want to be generous. You want to be able to, to do those things and bless people and, and, and be a giver but we're strapped, we're so strapped financially that there's no margin for us to be able to give and to do what we really feel is in our heart to do. God wants you to live free. He wants you to be free. But in order to do that, we gotta get unstrapped. And it takes hard work to do that. It takes tough decisions. It takes discipline to do that. But you can do it. It is possible to do that. Would you stand with me? We're gonna close out today. And every week, we're gonna sing this song because here's what this means and what it comes down to is that really when it the money the finances the giving all of that stuff is really a hard thing we talked last week that our finances where we spend our money where those things go are really a greater the greatest indicator of a spiritual condition it's an outward sign of a spiritual condition that we're in how we're spending our money if we're in debt and have those things and so god is interested in changing your financial situation but it comes by changing your heart god wants to change your heart to where you go god i can embrace the value of sacrifice because god i want to be able to do and pursue the things god my heart desires to do your will my heart desires to be free that's the place that we got to get and in order for that to happen we need god to change our heart because i'll just be honest with you my heart struggles with those kind of things my heart struggles with sacrifice it's not something that i look forward to do it's not something that i get excited about every day it's a discipline and i need god's help to do that but the awesome thing about the spirit of god is that in any moment he can change your heart 